This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Wonderful family of God, take your seats. This is a new day. Behold, I make all things new. No, truly, God is doing something brand new, and COVID has no power over our God. He was God before COVID. He was God during COVID. He's still God. He's our mighty Savior, and we, we worship and we follow a God that is unchanging. Yesterday and today forever. All right, so just know the first service's message is not the same as the second or tonight's. Tonight I'll be back at 5. Ever wondered why the angel or God that it said to, to Gideon in Judges 6, go in your strength. What strength did that young boy have? I'm going to teach it tonight, so come along, bring a friend. I do prophesy to all the groups, and you, you guys, come on. With me today, I have my favorite wife of 44 years, best wife I ever had. She's going to stand up and just wave at you because she can do that. There she is. I know you can't tell because she has a mask on. It could be anyone. <laughs> and then I have Eric and his wife with us today. He's been with me for 20 odd years, Eric. And, and uh, all the way from the United States of America. Yes, sure, my fellow Americans. All right, so if you'll turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 32, I want to speak to you tonight about a distinguishing or discerning or differentiating presence of God and how it changes everything in our lives. During COVID, we are supposed to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It is in the crises of the world that our light shines the best, that we set the tone. Not Islam, not Muhammad, not uh, Hare Krishna, not any other religion, Buddhists can set a tone because they're not the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world, and we're supposed to be in every way something that people look towards. I'm reading today from the book of Exodus chapter 32, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up, <laughs> just pick, pick it up in, in, in about, let me see, verse, uh, I'll pick a verse, any verse, just as long as it sounds good to you, right? Okay, so it, um, the verse I want to pick it up when, in verse 31, what had happened was that Moses had gone up to the mountain and had been with the Lord in this glory cloud for 40 days and nights, so much glory in his natural man that he was glowing like a light bulb that had put a cloth over him. They couldn't stand to look at him, and he came down with tablets that God had, had now engraved in these tablets of stone, only to find that Aaron and the people there had built a golden calf instead of embracing or choosing the presence of God, they chose a golden calf, something they made knowingly. It's nothing of any value, really, because it's just something they made. And, of course, Moses, in his little temper, which, which he always had, he broke the tablets, very upset. We pick up his prayer in verse 31. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive their sin, but if not, then blot me out of the book you've written. I've seen people give their lives for other people, 
And we celebrate that in America with the veterans and the and Memorial Day for those that gave their lives for their country. But I have not met anyone in my life that was willing to forego eternity for someone else. And this Moses said, if you're not going to forgive them, then blot me out of the book you've written. I'm willing to forgo eternity so that they can survive. He was devoted and dedicated to the plans of God. The Lord replied to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I'll blot out of my book. Now go and lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I'll punish them for their sin. And the Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they had done with the calf Aaron had made. Chapter 33, verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place. Leave this place. You and the people, you brought out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath. I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I'll give it to your descendants. I'm always grateful for God's promises. When you're really desperate and needy, and you're going through a crisis, his promises are such a comfort and a consolation. Verse 2 says, God said, I will send an angel before you, and I'll drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. I'll drive them out. So a lot of power. So God's giving his promises, and certainly his power. Go up the land flowing with milk and honey. Going up the land flowing with milk and honey, there is a supernatural and amazing provision. So there is the promise, there is the power, and there is the provision. But I will not go with you, but not the presence. You can have my promise, you can have my power, and you can have my provision, but my presence will not go with you. You are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, you are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you even for a moment, I might destroy you. I'll take off your ornaments, and I'll decide what to do with you. Verse 6 says, The Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. In verse 7, now we come to a different scene. Now Moses used to take a tent. He took a tent and pitched it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. God didn't call the tent of meeting. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's idea. It was completely Moses. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would come to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out in verse 8 to the tent, all the people, all the people, all the people who would just rose and stood at the entrances to their tents. So visualize 600,000 people watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses would, went into the tent, the pillar of cloud, the glory of God, would come down and stay at the entrance. Wasn't there before Moses or after, but while Moses was there, the glory came and met him there while the Lord spoke with Moses. Verse 10 says, when the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped. Something about the presence of God manifests that makes people worship, each at the entrance to their own tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face, as one spoke, speaks to a friend, but Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave. Now we eavesdrop on his prayer. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, Lord, lead these people. 
but you've not told me, let me know whom you'll send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. I have found favor in your sight, God. If then you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. If God had said to you that I favor you and you can ask me anything, what would you ask? Moses asked, teach me your ways. Spending all that time with God, that was the most important thing. Teach me your ways that I might know you. And continue to find favor with you. Remember that then this nation is yours. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. He just got through telling them, you will have my promise, my power, and my provision, but not my presence. But Moses is the exception. And that got my attention. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Rest is a gift from God when you, even your enemies are at peace with you. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. We'd rather stay in this, what seems to be a forsaken desert, miserable, dry, no milk and honey. We'd rather stay here with your presence than go to the land of milk and honey without your presence. We'd rather go, stay here than go to your powerful place of demonstration in Israel and all the promises without your presence. This is what he says. How will anyone know that you please with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish us from other people on the face of the earth but your presence? It's the most amazing thing, the presence of God, the manifest presence, how it will affect the people that you work with how it changes everything. So we as God's people have an obligation to touch the Lord on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and look for the presence of God to be manifest in our lives, to make an effect. What else will distinguish us, the only thing making us different to the rest of the world, is God's presence. How do we get that presence? Well, if Moses was exceptional and different to all the others. He certainly didn't compromise, but he had a tent of meeting. What does that exactly look like? A tent of meeting is a place that he himself set up. He decided, he birthed it, initiated a place that he'd meet God. Every day of our lives, we should make time to meet with the Lord, not just go through some scriptures and rattle of some good prayers and even warfare. No, there's something a little different about meeting with the Lord and having intimacy and time with Him. God wants to fellowship with you. You are the apple of His eye. You are the most important commodity God has. God had made millions and billions, in fact, of angelic beings that are immortal, powerful, they're not subject to time or matter. They can take on different forms. They can move through space. They are very powerful. And yet, when a third left him, and a lake of fire awaits them, not, what, not one of them were worth saving, redeeming, or even a second chance. When God made us, unlike any angelic being, for the first time, God took his own DNA and reproduced himself. We are made in his image. Unlike any angelic being, we are not made in God's image. 
They were worth saving, as powerful as they are and as beautiful as they are. But you, on the other hand, are to die for. You are of great importance to God. The angels sinned once, and the lake of fire is waiting for them. You've sinned more than once this week, and you've been redeemed and forgiven. You are extremely valuable and precious to the Lord. That's why God didn't give you, with his DNA, an immortal body. He put you in this human, failing carbon body for a season to give you a chance to get to know him, to prepare for that immortal body. So while you're on earth throughout life, whether it be marriage, children, difficulties, COVID, whatever you're going through, it's an opportunity to get nearer to him and to know him. That was always the objective of God to prepare for eternity. And that's why we pursue his heart and his presence. And he wants us to want him. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. How does that look? What does that look like? I was saved when I was 13, and I'm deeply grateful for my salvation. I love the nostalgia and the sensation and the reality of it so much that I got saved five Sundays in a row. I kept giving my heart to Jesus. It was so wonderful. I've loved the Lord, and I wasn't saved from sin. I, just too, I was only 13. I didn't know what sin was. But then after getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, then I made so many mistakes and sinned. And still, this amazing, wonderful Lord and Savior forgave me. And the longer I knew him and the more struggles I had and came to him, the more he loved me, the more kindness, the more goodness he had shown. And in my latter years of my life, he said some years ago to me that he loves the gray years. And I asked him what that was. He said, because when you're gray, you're not pursuing and chasing something. When you're young, you're chasing romance, homes, children, career. But when you're gray, you're not chasing something. You have time for me. I look forward to those years that I can fellowship properly with you because now you have time for me. And in these years of my life, I've enjoyed the Lord so much, especially this year. There's been a remarkable level in my life of enjoying his presence. He wakes me up at four in the morning. He literally wakes me up like someone at my bed whispering at me to get up. And he has conversations with me that I can't make up. I enjoy it so much. I look forward to it. I'm almost jealous of the time with him. And I, I desire that for you. His presence changes everything. You don't have to pray f five hours in tongues for that. For God's presence in your life, what you do is you spend time with him, not for what he can do for you. There's a time to pray like that. There's a time to do warfare. There's a time for all that. But there's a daily time when you come to him to love him and to spend time with him without wanting something, without looking for something, without being anxious for something, but rather spending time with him and just soaking and loving the Lord, having a close relationship with him as he draws near to you. And when that happens in your life, you carry something with you when you go to work you go to wherever you go to your pe people around you feel God's presence and it changes everything everything it will change the presence of God will melt away the most wicked and darkness darkest and most oppressive of spirits because his glory does not allow darkness it's just light all light boy the excitement in this air is just overwhelming me now please I feel, is it a Presbyterian church this morning what is going on here that sounds better, like a real church. 
little happy people. Happy people. Yeah. So if you want God's presence, let me encourage you to look for a tent. Not a physical tent, but find a place, a time, every day, that you can be alone with the Lord. Just doesn't need to be long periods of time. It needs to be quality time. You can't have time with God on the way to work. You can't have time with God walking your exercise morning or doing the gymnastics. That's not that time. I learned that from my wife. Uh, she enjoys quality time. And for me to spend time with her, she loves to go to a store we called Bed Bath and Beyond, which is not my thing at all. And I found a way to survive it by getting on my phone. And one day, she came when she was trying to show me something in her excitement, and I had no time for us on this phone. We were intensely helping someone ministerially, only to find out some time went by and I couldn't find her. And my being there was a waste completely. If you're going to be with the Lord, let it be only His time. You can't share it with something else. It can't be between phone calls. It can't be driving to work. It can't be during gym. It's got to be you and God. It's ever short, but it's got to be completely Him. And he will talk to you every single time. He'll give you something. When you carry that presence, we need God's presence in the church. There has to be a pursual, not a chasing after the power, not a chasing after the promise, not a chasing even, even after all the provisions. Because people teach on the provisions and how God can provide. And they teach on God's power and they demonstrate God's power. But what we really need, what else will distinguish us? Not the power, not the miracles, not even the money, the success. What the, I would have thought they would have said, look at Israel. They've come with such power. They've driven out all those people. God must be with them. I would have thought when they saw how God prospered them, how everything just was so wealthy. They would have said, that must be God's blessing. But According to Moses and knew the Lord, the only thing that made them different was God's presence. So may we pursue, may God give us grace at, at Christian Family Church that we pursue God's presence on a continual basis. Can you say amen? amen. Thank you so much. You certainly can. And now I'm going to prophesy because my clock is ticking. And I know many of you are trusting God for words. And I'm going to, in fact, I asked the, the people in Dr. Bev's auditorium and the mother's room to find me by the Holy Ghost, someone that I could speak to so they could be also included in our group. And I'll come back to this group too. Look how smart they are putting up the lights in this room. What a good man or person you are. All right. Wendy. We have a whole burger joint named after you in America. Wendy. Wendy, you have a wonderful spirit. I really appreciate your unselfish generosity to people around you. I'm sad that you've not always appreciated that people don't celebrate you the way they should. Not that you long for it, but it is, you have, it is really right that people should give honor where honor is due. And the Lord is breathing on your family as you asked him to, and every one of them will be saved by the grace of God. They'll all come to know the Lord. Wendy, God is your provider. You've asked God specifically for open doors and, and a provision, and God says that's on its way. I heard your prayers. It's noted. I've put it in the book of remembrance. I will make these things available to you and I will deal with it. As a sign today, Wendy, there's a dis discomfort in your body that's been there a while and when you leave this building, that discomfort will leave and not return. He's your healer as a sign to you. Then in the mother's room, we have M-P-H-O. I don't know what the, how you say. Oh, now you can speak this Zulu now? It sounds like tongues to me. Is that a male or female? Oh, that's great. I've got an amphibian. 
mother's probably female. Boy, you smart. Your wife helped you, didn't she? By achter elke man is daar a vrouw wat slim is. I'm assuming you're a lady. <laughs> well, you're a prophet, you should know. Right, right, all right, Mfo. Uh, you've got a wonderful, wonderful spirit, Mfo, and, and uh, you've come a long way with the Lord. There's no question you've been a shining light to a lot of people around you. Uh, you, you are very focused on God's plans right now. You need a new home. I see a house that's waiting for you that you've got to birth through your prayer life continually warfare for that new home. God doesn't want to give you a home that's difficult for you to have or in an awkward place. He wants to give you the, the home that is right so that the work of the Lord may continue. Uh, I don't know who your husband is or who is with you that needs a miracle, an open door work-wise. It's been a long, hard journey. There's been a constant war against him. The Lord's giving a breakthrough in there that the devil will not triumph. He must not give up. A, the war is on and we are called to victory. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Everything you need to know will be in the church news. Amen. Just saying. It's revelation coming my way. All right, I have a lovely three people here with a pink coat, a checkered coat, and a brown coat, a fella, and two ladies in the row. One, two, three, four, five rows. Yes, there we go. Thank you for serving me, wherever that man's name is. What is your name, sir? Chris. Thank you, Chris. What's your name, young lady in pink? Cadiz. Katie? Cadiz. I can't. Gladys. Gladys. Your name is Gladys. Thank you for helping me, Chris, because I want to make sure that it gets in the recording correctly. Gladys. How old are you, Gladys? 13. 13. I keep getting the young kids today. Isn't it amazing? With the max, you can tell who's who. All right. So, but Gladys, you've got a wonderful spirit. Um, you've got a good heart. You're a bit lonely right now. You haven't got a lot of friends, but it won't stay this way. You'll have many friends in the right time. Just be of good cheer because you've got to serve God. God's got a plan. There's a call of God on your life. You're not in church because that mom dragged you here because God wants you here to show you the ways of the Lord to bring out the woman of God inside of you. You do have a medical training waiting for you later in your life. You'll do some sort of nursing uh, to get you in the right frame, place to be able to work for God and do God's bidding. Is your mom next to you? Is that mom? No, I'm not a mom. You all talk funny with a mask. What's your name? Jeanette. Jeanette, and are you the mother? No. Then you, you, how did this child get here? Someone else brought her? Are you family of hers? Yes, I'm aunt. Aunt, you're the aunt, okay. Yes. And, what, and, and so this man next to you, anybody you know? This My one. husband. He's what? My husband. Husband, yes. okay, hello husband. You don't sit together, kind of a seat between the two of you. Hello husband, do you know his name? <laughs> <laughs> David Nguyenya. David, see David, she knew your name. Isn't that amazing? David, all right. Good. My sister, you have children of your own? Yes. How yes. many? Three. Three children, that's wonderful. The Lord's promised you that all your kids will serve God. One has gone a little off in the wrong direction and they keep getting in trouble, but God's turning the Jacob into an Israel. He's turning around the difficult situation that has been challenging you with that child. The devil's not going to 
have victory. God promises that to you. You've come through many things. You've prayed, God. You know how to pray. In fact, you wake up at nighttime and you, and you go to pray. And God says, every time you pray, when you're by yourself, God is with you. The angels come in the room. And you have great breakthroughs when you pray like that. Don't get tired. Don't give up. God is your helper. You've had to carry so many burdens in the family, so many things on your own shoulders, even you, with your husband's war. And God says, you are a powerhouse. God is with you. How could anything be against you if God is with you? David, God is knocking on your door. He's looking for a more aggressive approach to the things of the Spirit. The violent take the kingdom of God by force. And God's calling a little force in you to become a little aggressive. You've had lost so much in your life. I don't know what you work, what you were working, but God's rearranging your life, opening up doors. You need to go back and get what's rightfully yours. They may not take it from you. They may not take it from you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Call Pastor Jenny for altar call now already? No, surely not. All these notes make me nervous. <laughs> What's your name with the blue jacket and the mask, black mask with a lady next to you? Yes, sir. Logan. 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 Yes. That muffles, unfortunately. Hi, Logan. What do you do? I'm an engineer. And a good one, too. Is this your wife? Yes. Ma'am, did you know that? What's your name? It's Charlotte. Sarah? Charlotte. Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for marrying him. <laughs> it was a dirty job, but somebody had to do it, right? So, so what do you, you're an engineer, and how many children do you have? Two. That's wonderful. Thank you for being such a good, upright, unselfish man for so long. You could have easily hardened your heart. We always think people hurt us and break our hearts, but people don't break our hearts. They harden them. And you could have gotten hard, but you always forgave and got a good attitude and worked things through. What's so amazing about you, you never panic and you never react. You take time to think things through. It's your nature. Your wife's a little more excitable and she can get upset and she'll go to bed really ramming all that stuff that bother her tonight about supper. But you're just quiet. You don't say a thing. But the next day, you'll have wisdom. And that's what God's given you, a special gift of wisdom. As a sign to you of God's great blessing, there's been a curse in your family of heart disease, and people have died out of season. God has touched your heart that never will you have heart difficulty. You will live a long life, and your heart will be strong. As for you, my sister, uh, you're a wonderful mother and good cook and a friend to everybody, and uh, God appreciates you. It's just not possible to please everybody. You're trying so hard to please people in the family and it just doesn't always work. There's always someone complaining. Don't let it be your problem because you've got a sweet heart. You, there's no evil, no difficulty in your heart. You've got a kind heart. God's given you wisdom on what to say, how to say it. You, you, don't, you have nothing in your heart that's wicked. But people twist things you say because they get words and God's giving you wisdom to be a little ahead of the curve in that aspect. And God's also healing something in the lower part of your abdomen. There's been a little difficulty. You will not need surgery. God's going to be your healer, and the doctors will tell you that you'll be that you're fine. That's the promise of God with that. Thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. What's it to you? Hallelujah. Right at the back is a lady with a brown jacket and a black mask on the right at the back of this section here. Um, whew, sitting with next to a gentleman, it seems to me. Yes, a gentleman with a blue jacket. Yeah, what's she, that's right. No, behind, behind, behind you. Oh, I keep beginning to ask, I apologize to stand. I apologize, I forgot about that, Pastor. They asked me before to make them stand. Make them stand. Thank you. What's your name, young lady? 
It's Cindy Lee. Cindy Lee, that was clear, I heard you. And the fellow next to you, would you know him? Yes. It's Keith. And who is he to you? It's my husband. Keith, you're married to her. Good deal. All right. So, Cindy Lee, the Lord has heard your prayers. The devil has done all he can to try and steal your joy. And people have said things they shouldn't say and have tried to hurt you. But the Lord's pleased with you, forgiving and blessing them. God, you're helping. You're a little crazy, they think sometimes, because you do unusual things. Your angel has been tired because you have no fear of anything. You're just crazy. You'll do things that nobody else wants to do because you have no fear. But you are an amazing lady, and you know how to believe and trust in God. And your home will become a haven for young kids and that'll be hearing the word of God like a little crash of some kind and that's God's plan it's an anointing in your life don't stop just don't go so fast because you're not listening to all the things that are being said you've got to pay attention because they, people are telling you their stories of their lives as for you sir what do you do for a living sir I'm a business consultant. And a good one too. You've got a good heart. God has heard your prayers. The devil is going, not going to steal what's rightfully yours. God's opening that door. They try to steal your contract. God's opening up a brand new deal for you that nobody can stop. God is on your side. You're a good man. You've got a kind heart. And you've got, there's, no, just, there's just no evil in you. And God loves you for it. I will tell you there's an extension to your house. You're doing some, a whole lot of renovations in your home where you are. It's all part of God's plan. It's a big thing. Don't be afraid. Your wife's always been pushing, pushing and you don't always take us seriously, but you can take us seriously. God's given a vision for it. God bless you for being here today. Chris, you standing. I can prophesy over you standing, right, so I can talk to you. Are you married, Chris? Yes. Do you know who to? Yes. What's her name? Ashley. Where is Ashley? She's at home recovering. You don't bring your wife to church? I do. But she's not, not today you today. didn't, right? Correct. And so how many children do you and Ashley have? Three girls. Three girls. Yeah. Women. <laughs> yeah. Women. Wait till they become teenagers. They are. They're aliens then. And then they suddenly switch back to normal people. It's amazing. Anyway, so you you part of the staff here? At yes. Church? Are you a pastor? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I love your heart. I love your spirit. Uh, you have a natural leadership from God. And there's a development coming in your life that God's going to give you your own in the right time. He's going to open up the right door. It's just not yet. And your servanthood and your choices you made because you've been offered all kinds of things that were not exactly God's timing. They were Ishmael's and not, not the Isaac's that God had planned. You made a good decision. You're at a place where you're gathering and studying now. You're going to another level. And that's God's plan to become totally equipped for what God has planned. Because you will be a leader of great wisdom. And that's what always was. You were dedicated. You were given to God for that. Someone prayed over you, gave you to God for it. It doesn't seem like it's happening. It's happening. But God's way. Just trust Him. God gave you quite a dynamic wife. And uh, she has the most uncanny thing where she says things when you, she doesn't even know she said it sometimes. It's so prophetic. She'll say a thing and she oh, I didn't say it. And she did. She just said, it came out of her spirit so deep. And she's all, on, all for you on your side. You are, you, you are genuinely one in every way. And so God's going to bless that. I do see some movement and change in your life, but not yet. Just be faithful to the house and God will do it. You'll be sent, not went. Thank you. Hallelujah. So tonight at five, I expect all of you here tonight. If you're not here, I'll find out where you live. Tell your friends to come on back because you never know who will get a word. It might be your turn tonight. I'm thrilled to be here. This is a new day. Let's not be negative. Let's be full of life for the things of God and example to other people. Can, can you say amen to that? All right. So where's Pastor Jenny? I, can't, I haven't got a thing to wipe. You got it? Come on. Thank you, sir. Wow, family, wasn't that just beautiful? 
so wonderful to have a real life guest speaker with us today. What I loved about what Prophet Ed was saying is that, you know, the presence of God. How many of you just love to experience the presence of God? Isn't it just wonderful? And here's what I want to say, you know, that, in fact, let me ask for every head to be bowed right now, every eye to be closed, because we cannot experience the presence of God unless we are born again. And people will say, maybe, I'm not too sure what that means. Well, simply this is that, you see, sin can't stand in the presence of God, and God allowed his son, in fact, he sent his son to take all of our sin. And not only that, but to, be, to, to die this horrendous death on the cross, laid his life down, poured out his blood so that he took the punishment for us and so that we can be in a relationship with God. And there is nothing more that God wants than to be in a relationship with you. And today, I want to be the one just to be able to, to assist you in this process, to accept this free gift of eternal life that God has given to us. And if you've never made the Lord Jesus Lord and Savior, accepted him as your slave, Savior, I would love to be able to just pray with you in a few moments. And perhaps you're here today and you're, that, well, you're just not sure if you, you're going to heaven, and I would really like to include you in this prayer as well. Or perhaps you just feel with everything that's happened and, and all the stuff that's going down, you, you just feel so far from God. And so I would like to give you that opportunity this morning just to, to reconnect with God, to, to just experience His presence again, to just know that freedom of serving Him again. So I'm going to count to three in a moment. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, or you want to be sure that you have a place in heaven, I'm going to count to three and ask you just to raise up your hand right there where you are in the other venues. I'm going to ask you as well. I'm going to count to three right now. One, two, three. Just raise up your hand right there where you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that right now. Thank you for doing that right now. I want to tell you there is a battle going on in the spiritual realm for your soul because the devil wants to hold you back. So I want you just to raise up your hand knowing, thank you, I see that hand, that God is going to do this for you today. Right now I'm going to say a prayer. I'm just going to ask every single person here to pray with you, pray together so that you don't feel alone. Let's just say this, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to take away all of my sins. I receive that gift of eternal life right now. I receive you, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you that you helped me to forgive all those that have hurt me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, everybody. Well, wow, that was a wonderful decision you made. Yes, let's give God some glory for that. Congratulations to each and every one of you. And I'd like to hand over to the... Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.